Good evening, everyone. It's a pleasure to have you along. Um, hello to everyone listening uh, in audio-only mode. I'm going to do my very best. I'm, uh, my, 2024 is the year of making this intro work for you, rather than me desperately questioning into the dark whether people can hear me. Um, it's episode 202. We're digging into the failure stats for the Great Western. Actually, it's a news episode, but uh, we are going to talk about uh, failure stats for the Great Western a bit. Uh, there will be some digging into statistics. Um uh, as much as we can with the the ORR data portal, uh, because um, we uh, yeah let's uh, th- this this a couple of tweets, but there's just, just a, another recent um, calamity on oh you can see my cursor let's fix that uh, another recent calamity on um, on the western with with on the Great Western mainline with a, a points failure that I think uh, and then again another failure that managed to strike um, uh, the Elizabeth line you know crossrail so it just just bad bad things happening. Um, and of course, if I'm going to get my briefly get big face up, hello everyone. Um, of course, it's also later on there'll be the competition announcement for those of you who have who have sent your sent your your favourite bits. So uh, there'll be competition time. Oh, I also need to illuminate my face more. There we go. Bleach my face out and make make myself look a bit like a ghost. Um, yes, that should be fun. So stay tuned for that. If if, if you're here for competition only, then uh, then then uh, have fun with that. So. Um, Yes, uh, so Matt Strachan put in a uh, Matt, uh, Matt Alex St on um, on Twitter um, did an FOI request last November, which I'm not going to use the data from because I don't need it. But they um, they put in a request for data, and, and so to, clearly people are curious about the problems, um, and it was interesting to compare. Um, the, the, the basically some comparator data. I, I'm, I've gone a bit further and have looked a bit further back at, at this comparator data, and we'll have a bit of a deep dive in that, as well as going through a bit of the news that's been going on. So, um, it's a relaxed news episode, a nice chatty news episode, everyone. Um, without further ado, welcome to tonight's Rail Natter. The Institute 225 fades away. We start, firstly, with some news. And the first news I want to talk about is... Um, I'm going to go big face again because there's some very exciting news, which is in the latest PWI journal. PWI journal, PWI journal. There'll be an episode on this news soon. That news is that... In fact, it's on the front because if I hold this up here and hold this here, oh, what's that? The Institution for Rail Engineering. What what an awesome sounding new name for the institution. Incredible. Um, who might have contributed to that name, having thought it up in the shower, uh, having been tasked with doing so by um, the woman who is ostensibly runs the PWI and is brilliant and I have just unending time for her. Um, if ever she listened to this, which I, I'm sure she never would because she's way too busy, um, Kate, you're brilliant. You are just, the, the PWI owes you unending debts of gratitude. Um, and I don't know how we're going to replace you, which is admittedly a problem. <laughs> but that's another, another story. Kate tasked me onto this. Um, and uh, and I had to think about not just a new name, but also why that name, a justification for that name. Having been a skeptic on changing the name of the institution for a long time. Um, and... Um, it is, in fact, uh, 
train worms. You should have submitted it by email, and then you could have uh, entered into the competition a bit late now. So, um, do we not get the special music on the uh, this news? Oh, yeah, the news episode with the special music. You're right, Michael C. Ah, hi. I'll, 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 I'll get on it. Anyway, so, um, that's exciting. I really replaces the PWI. Uh, yes, uh, I was I was converted into it being... Kate converted me, in fact. If anyone, people wonder if I changed my mind, I, I changed my mind quite a lot, and this is a good example of a massive thing that I was changed my mind on by someone who knows what they're talking about. Um, and um, I put a lot of thought into into that, by which I mean rapidly put think thought the name in the shower, put together slides, um, just a, a couple of slides to show graphically what that might look like, and, and the board bought into that it's not this has not come out of nowhere there's been think, think about this for years but there, it's been teetering a little bit and a bit in and out a bit hokey cokey and, and it needed something visual to just give the board a nudge and i think i managed to do the trick so this is exciting um anyway and they're talking about it it's now officially public news there there's there's, there's discussion of it the new president is talking about it what's in a name pwi board proposes institution name change it's exciting um read about it in the journal or Tweet me and ask me questions about it, or we'll do an episode on it at some point. If you don't, if you don't agree, I'll do my very best to con- convince you. So that's that news. We have to talk about some other news, though. Uh, sadly, which is um, uh, the, the, the UK cannot do this. We're doing a very bad job of delivering Hinkley C. Uh, it's it's it was a EDF. We're making a mess of the of the, of the design, and, and and it's it's been a pig. But we it's impressive how. How much this pretty self-contained project is um, is is dragging its heels? Uh, you know, let's compare this to HS2 in terms of the cost escalation. It's a bigger cost escalation than HS2. Um, unfortunately, people feel like electricity is a more vital service than uh, transport. Despite you know, I mean, you could argue yes. <laughs> I'd say they're the same, but anyway, um, yeah, lots of challenges. Particularly if this delays beyond twenty thirty, um, it screws up any potential for, for, for decarbonizing uh, Britain's electricity grid, which is a bit of a headache for all sorts of reasons. Um, it's just, but it's, it taps into exactly the same problems of, of why we can't deliver big infrastructure. Um, it's, you know, we, we, we stopped doing the thing. We had a big centralized body that coordinated doing the thing, which meant that we had a good pool of skills to do the thing as well as supply chain capacity to deliver the thing. Um, we then smashed that big centralized uh coordinator of, of you know intelligent client to pieces privatized it the privatized organizations did nothing uh we therefore lost all those skills to the four winds and now we can't do anything when we need to so uh the lesson being um don't stop doing the thing everyone keep doing the thing uh whether that thing is building power stations or building railways uh, or electrifying railways or so on and so on don't stop doing the thing that is obviously a necessary and vital thing to do uh, and we can't even do this. We're talking about electricity. The, the, we, we cannot even um, build motorway services, high-power EV chargers. The, the target that was set by the end of 2023 um, has been hopelessly missed. Um, uh, so, uh, yeah, good work. We can't even get the f- the, f- the rubbish, not not a solution solution to work. So we, this is why we need to use bypass the complex. This this is a solution. It's such an obviously easier thing to do the the big centralized mass transit improvements rather than trying to make everyone individually uh, choose a better solution. It's just hopeless. Um, this news is chaotic. Chaotic, by the way. I normally order it into some sort of narrative. I haven't done this now this time because um, I finished this about two minutes ago. It's been a hectic day. 
Hitachi are on strike. Hitachi rail workers are on strike. So not just the manufacturers, but also maintenance staff in depots. Um, and we might be seeing hits on... Uh, I love this great northeastern... Uh, this is Danny. Danny. Danny's great. Uh, this is a very good article, in fact. Danny has, has called LNER uh, great northeastern. I would love it if it was still great northeastern, really. I think GNER is a better name than LNER, but... Um, because you, you lose the London element, I think that's that's better. But what's quite interesting is um, uh, this is a really good piece, by the way, on, on over on Rail Business Rail, Rail Business Daily, I think. Uh, yes. Anyway, um, it rightly goes into some of the details of and refutes some of the claims made by Hitachi. Hitachi uh, have made a very low pay offer. Um, uh, the, the, the irony is they're saying, "Oh no, we've done a competitive pay offer in the with the background of." Um, all the problems that are very publicly visible at Hitachi at the moment. Um, yeah, good piece actually by Danny uh, going into some of the de- debunking some of the details of, of the press release from Hitachi. Uh, solidarity to those workers, the 300 or so Unite members um, and members of RMT uh, who are on strike, uh, who will be going on strike. So uh, support those strikers. Look up um, any strike funds that you can support them with. Um, this was fun, wasn't it? Uh, does everyone remember when Jeremy Hunt, who is the Chancellor of the Exchequer of the United Kingdom of Great Britain and Northern Ireland, um, do you remember when he uh, he said, sorry, but you have to pay debt interest, whether you call it spending or investment, money is money, and on this scale can only lead to tax rises? Does this man understand anything about macroeconomics? Hmm. Uh, that would be a vigorous no. He, he doesn't. He does not. This is... This is funny because he got, I mean, he got quoted a lot and a lot of people schooled Jeremy Hunt, which is, oh, very nice, great, we owned him on Twitter, but I don't think it gets over the gravitas of of the fundamental extent to which this is both incorrect and damaging. And we'll get to some numbers about why this is damaging later. Today we've had all this news of this this stupid idea that there is headroom. You know what, I'm going to make my little face appear in the corner. Get me back in the corner. Hello, it's me in the corner. Um, Spotlight, etc. Uh, yeah, this is baffling. Today we have this idea, this stupid idea of headroom for to, to 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 do tax, you know, to reduce tax. That is not correct. The and the idea that I mean, it's it's, it's numerically incorrect, but also the idea that there is any freedom of, of of the finances for tax reductions when the whole country is collapse it's collapsing into dust right now because we're not spending money on anything. Um, just absolutely shocking anyway uh tantive four uh i now want to don't stop doing the thing as a motivational poster i could make that into merch couldn't i someone in the discord server at me that so i remember um zoe billingham here from uh ippr north um is there's basically the 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 government is advancing uh, rather quietly advancing plans for a major loosening of council budget rule to allow them to sell assets en masse to avert a wave of bankruptcies According to the IPPR, um, 75,000 council assets at an approximate asset value of £15 billion are estimated to have been sold already since 2010. £15 billion is nothing. That's just peanuts for a for a 14-year... That's about a billion quid a year, which is a rounding error in the national figures. Why are councils selling assets when the central government should just be giving them that money? Absolutely shocking. Just yeah, this, this, so so uh, follow Zoe, keep an eye on this. But uh, yeah, this, this is this is just 
yeah, absolutely. Zoe pointing out, one-off capital receipts are no fix for ongoing um, public service delivery. Yeah, it's just baffling. You know, we're selling stuff that makes it difficult to deliver the services and makes it more expensive. You know, things like, oh, we're selling a building, oh, selling a building that we own to make a little bit of capital in order to pay off our debts. But what it means is that we're going to be paying, a, 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 we're going to be renting that building back and paying a facilities management company in, into infinity, which will cost a lot more than just, just, borrowing the money from central government to pay the thing. Central government sucks in the UK right now, and unfortunately they have all the power. It's just baffling. Well, this 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 tweet makes a nice pairing to the Jeremy Hunt tweet, because you can see that, that you can see the consequence of what he's suggesting. He's wondering why we are in debt up to our eyeballs. It's because we prioritize debt rather than investing to have the good thing that saves us money and, and creates value. We're not doing that. No, no, we're just going to sell everything, sell all the, all the everything we possibly can and, and then rent it back. And we wonder why the country is broke, hmm. uh, which is uh, obviously a, a subjective point in any case. Uh, talking of um, the idiots in government, uh, who, sorry, you're about to get, you're about to get targeted. Um, yeah, um, back in uh, mid-January, Noel, uh, Noel Dolphin of Fear and Frey was at a, a, a RIA parliamentary reception. Um, who clearly has a personal enthusiasm for Rail. I never told the Rail, the, um, Rail Matter Patreon people about my chat with Hugh. I need to still do that, um, although the kind of uh, times have moved on somewhat since then. Um, Hugh Merriman clearly has a personal enthusiasm for Rail, but he stated, this is funny, he stated, Hugh stated that we already have a role in program rail electrification in England, which is very funny to say that with a straight face. That's a lie, Hugh. Uh, Hugh was also challenged on where uh, the rail network enhancements pipeline is, which was promised four years ago. Hugh said that Network North has replaced the RNIP. Network North is just made up stuff. None of it's real. None of it's actually developed at all. It's just stuff that was made up in a hotel room by some Tory spads. So that's baffling. Um, and Noel, who is a very high up in in a major supplier to the rail industry literally said i can't be the only person who's given up trying to get the current government to deliver and is just waiting for a new government that's a pretty uh, a damning state of affairs to, to to be honest um let's talk about something positive while i take a sip of ginger cordial uh, the university of birmingham has got its new station at last which is good news we're pleased to have authorised its service. This is the ORR tweeting. Uh, pleased to have authorised its service. Significant enhancements at University Railway Station in Birmingham ahead of their opening uh, in the next few weeks. It's opening in the next few weeks. I suppose the, the improvements are opening. The station's not actually opening. It's been open the whole time. Um, fair point. Um, this is good. Good. Happy. It's taken a bit of time, but here it is. Um, and uh, what I quite like is... Thank, you know, uh, much as with um, rail matter uh, uh, policy, as we've stated, uh, of prioritizing uh, sort of uh, devolved cross-modal branding over modal branding, um, the branding is still, I'm very pleased to see, uh, West Midlands branding. Has anyone, by the way, spotted any evidence of, um, and I, by the way, I think they've done a nice job of the double arrow on this, although the red on red is... I think they could have gone for a, a white here. I think there's a bit of a lack of durability here. This is not the, the best choice of uh, colour. They could have gone for a black 
or a white actually but certainly yeah the going for the br red is a bit of an ill choice on orange brickwork okay but uh the uh, west midlands transport logo is good i like that i continue to like the diamonds um and uh and the branding continues to be that has anyone spotted a situation where um uh oh, that's a good point i've not put that in the news hst trains partly because it's waffle we'll maybe get there um has anyone noticed in the uh, uh, any any removal of west midlands branding in any stations anyone at all hopefully not um so talking about the uk being bad and also the fact that these slides are in uh, no order whatsoever uh, the office of national statistics here um uh when was this january the 23rd that's yesterday um pointing out that public sector net borrowing is um 8.4 billion pounds less than uh december 2022 um we're borrowing less so there's an enormous reduction in the amount we are borrowing which is bad folks it's really bad that we're not borrowing this much because we need to be borrowing right now to do all the things as we've been talking about this is uh this is this is bad we should not be reducing the amount we're borrowing we should be increasing it so that we can deliver all the stuff we should be front loading so that we can deliver all the infrastructure so that then in the future we might not need to borrow as much because we'll have a functioning country hmm. um so this is bad uh, relevant to this is a measure that popped up in january 2011 is the um change in life expectancy since the basically since austerity bit and um we have had um life expectancy has reduced um to the same level as 2010 for women and even further back for men so what that means is, and a lot of that will be accounted for by suicide, unfortunately, um, among other things, we're dying quicker. This is a key measure of the health of a, of a functioning country. Um, and for it to go backwards indicates that the, the UK is in a really sorry state, a really sorry state. And we are letting down the, 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 most, uh, the, the worst off in society. These two graphs are related how much we're borrowing to invest and how much much people are dying that's early that's related very depressing uh, uh right hs2 a few things on hs2 i've not put the fact that labor have a, have you know that keir starmer has explicitly abandoned doing anything about hs2 explicitly abandoned any continuation of hs2 i'm not going to talk about it because it's it's a lie like everything he says um but also it's it's kind of table stakes moot at this point labor are just they're just doing what the tories do but they're saying they're going to do it more competently we're kind of in that position um but uh, mark harper here has stated that he is as of a week ago or a few days ago he's lifting safeguarding from hs2 phase 2a from the west midlands to crew it remains in place around Hansacre. safeguarding is a planning tool used to protect the land needed for hs2 for the hs2 scheme from potential conflicting development um Firstly, it's funny that he's doing that because I don't believe he can until he has repealed the act for Phase 2A. But even if he does um, lift safeguarding, what's funny is that they're currently still set, they're buying land for that bit of route. Money is still being spent on buying land for that route. And also, um, what? 
continue that what's funny is the only good the silver lining i've been told by a few senior rail industry people are like well we kind of like hs2 you know we've lost it hs2 screwed up they made it so expensive blah 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 but at least we have the land we've got a corridor of land that we can use um to build the railway in the future no no we don't this is why you fight for the thing. You fight hard to retain the thing that we've won. You don't roll over and say, oh, the IRP is actually good news, everyone, uh, Andrew Haynes said. No, it isn't, Andrew. What it was is opening the door to allow it to be completely dis disintegrated, and now we're screwed. So uh, good work, everyone senior in the rail industry, really knocking out of the park there. Um, talking of HS2, this is funny. Architect Journal here um, showing how a headline can not say anything and be very, very funny. Weston Williamson has put an HS2 viaduct design to the public vote. I'm going to audio describe what we're looking at here. We're looking at three identical um, rendered pictures of a guy in short shorts, denim short shorts, uh, a little bit of a belly, um, and a t-shirt. To be honest, he looks kind of like I do. Um, wearing it with a really bizarrely large canvas rucksack, uh, looking towards uh, a structure. There's the three kind of phone-shaped pictures, these. They're not, they're not, um, they're not landscape, they're phone-shaped pictures here, which is particularly funny for a, a structure that is viewed in landscape and is very long and thin. Um, the, 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 the structure is a pretty standard-looking, if, if somewhat sketch-up angular uh, viaduct over a field um, with some OLE visible. Uh, what's funny is they've used standard you now Crail OLE rather than whatever the OLE is supposed to fancily look like an HS2. Um, and it has sound barriers that are, in the first picture, a bit green. In the middle picture, kind of mirrored or possibly um, grey or blue. And in the third picture, brown-ish. These pictures are discernibly identical, or rather they're indiscernible from each other apart from slight shaded colour difference and... Um, Anyone who looks at the bridge wanting to see a train go past will be disappointed. They'll just hear a noise. This elevates the the size of the bridge. The the pro cross the, the profile of the bridge is enormously greater because of this permanent trans you know uh, kind of translucent sound barrier. Um, and also, if you're a passenger, you just don't see anything on this nice elevated bridge that looks out upon some pleasant scenery. This is. This stuff angers me because it's unbelievably stupid. The good thing about um, HS2 is that even if it was running at full tilt, you had 18 trains an hour, which is how many trains? Uh, that's three minutes between trains, right? So that's pretty... Okay, if you look at both directions, that's 36. So you've got about a train, train every two minutes. You're not going to really notice. They're going to be pretty quiet. They're going to whiz past pretty quietly. Um... They're high-speed trains. They don't make a lot of noise. People might have noticed if you're, if you kind of, unless you're living right next to it. Um, this is rubbish. Get rid of this. Get rid of these sound barriers. This is where it's like the environmental side of things it becomes a bit of a, a bit of a conflict. In that it's like, ah, just um, yeah, really kind of I, I don't know i just despair i don't really have words for this it's just it just feels really stupid to me like this oh, we have there are bridges with sound barriers and other high-speed lines as well but that, uh, this just exacerbates what feels like this is the whole of hs2 is either buried in a ditch or up in the air with these enormous blocking sound barriers at the bare minimum make them glass you know at the bare minimum make them transparent 
so that you can see through them. Anyway, very frustrating. Um, it's not specifically because of NIMBYs, a lot of it's because of environmental protection and sound protection, trying to make sure that the sound level increases is you know, by standard reduced as much as possible. Uh, so it's not actually specifically NIMBYs about this because this yeah, the NIMBYs are going to be more annoyed by this than if it was a, a, a thinner bridge. Let's move on from HS2 and, and it, it's weird, hilarious architectural Anyway, people have a choice. There's a competition. You can choose between these three completely boring looking um, slight shades, color shade differences. Um, this, uh, Peter Walker here reporting on um, documents that uh, the Guardian has, um, has, has been seen. And ministers prioritize driving in England partly due to conspiracy theories. The DFT is run by quacks. This one made me laugh. I enjoy this very much. Um, someone pointed out there are not many sound barriers along motorways. There, there, there are a few here and there, but for the most part, yes. Uh, bearing in mind that pretty much every high street or or even a fairly busy residential street makes a lot more noise than uh, the, the railway will. Yes, I, I think it's kind of stupid, and there should be no sound barriers. Frankly, but there we go. Um, yeah, this the DFT shifted to prioritising driving over cycling and walking, partly due to worries about fifty-minute cities based on conspiracy theories. Yes, DFT run by quacks. This is just 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 baffling um baffling stuff really um and that's really all i have to say about that it's so depressing we're going to have a, a think about this one though this is interesting trains two billion pounds to reopen Carmarthen to bangor lines um reopening lines that were shut in the 1960s and left large towns with direct railing would cost two billion pounds transport for wales has said hmm this is looking at the um the the coastal route so not the dragon line um this is just looking at the coastal route um and I, hmm, I, I'm interested to to see what we're going to maybe dig into this. If there's some documentation behind this, we'll maybe dig into this under the auspices of um, of, of looking at uh, uh, at uh, the Dragon Line again and understanding. Because if they're going to spend two billion, they might as well spend four or five billion and do do it properly and build a, a proper Swiss style, a sort of Alpine um, uh, North South Main Line, as as discussed. Anyway, build the Dragon Line. I uh, I. I I can understand and agree with why it's not a good idea to rely on the coastal route for for for, for that kind of north-south connectivity uh, for all sorts of reasons. It doesn't mean it's not necessarily a good idea to join the gap between the, the line up to Pleteli and, and uh, connect that up to um, to um, Canarvon. Uh, that that makes some sense. But the thing that's expensive, the element that's expensive here is the Camargo and Abrosa section. Uh, that's the bit that's really expensive because it's long, winding, and there's lots of stuff in the way. Um, but the connection at the northern end, I think, is quite sensible. Um, I think the Camargo and Abrosa connection is better served by a, 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 a reliable clock face bus. Anyway, um, this was funny. Uh, so Navarra Media had uh, were sent this um, this fun thing by having some slides leaked. It wasn't me this time. Um, some slides leaked um, by Vanti West Coast to Navarra, uh, which is very funny because they said, um, roll up, roll up, get your free money here was the title. And yes, it was an ironic slide, sort of. But given the current circumstances, it's not really the right thing to be doing. Um, executives make, uh, bear in mind, this is Avanti, who are not doing, they're not performing very well, and it's pretty shocking they still have, this hasn't been brought into um, directly operated railways, uh, sorry, DOHL, what are they called again? Holdings Limited, yeah, DOHL. Um, yeah, um, all managers meeting. Uh, somewhat, so one of the managers there is a comrade, which is great. Um, uh, presentation was given to the company's executive team, including the managing director. Um, get your free money. Yeah, the slide is is not great. I, shall I let me go in. Let's see if I can. Novara. 
There we go. Let's get this up. See if I can get this slide up. Because uh, it's funny. There we are. Let's let's just get this down here. Uh, roll up, roll up. Get your free money here. Um, yeah. <sighs> Pretty painful. Um, do they want 100 compliance? No. Here's the fantastic thing. If we achieve those figures, they pay us some more money, which is ours to keep in the form of a performance-based fee. Oh, hooray. Marvellous. Um, so this is basically just explaining... It's, it's it's well worth reading through this. This it's a good piece. Polly Smythe has gone through and done a, a done a good kind of write up. Uh, it's, it's it's pretty pretty painful stuff to be honest. Um, our industry not doing the best job of uh, of, of availing itself um, there really. Ouch. Uh, what am I doing? Gareth and his signature pause before doing a good job pronouncing a Welsh name. Llanelli uh, Drake is the name of the the um, uh, the was it Drake. Uh, the dragon line in Welsh. I do do a pause, don't I, before I pronounce... I do it before I pronounce Serbian things as well. I had to edit out a load of pauses out of my um, um, Serbian Rail Journey episodes. Uh, is the M-Ban going to return? M-Bans returns? Oh, dear. Uh, no, M-Ban returns. Uh, getting excitable with my... There, let's fix that. M-Ban returns. Uh, the M-Ban. Yeah, the, um, the really bad um, suburban transport system that was in Berlin for a bit... Um, is somehow coming back? Question mark. Um, very bizarre. Uh, this port, the fraud project. The, the, pay attention to this because this 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 will ring familiar. The project put forward by the city's new conservative-led government. Oh, Berlin, don't change. Is said to have sufficient political backing. What and and its backers say would help it achieve its goals to become net zero by twenty forty-five. Oh dear. Uh, here's a a low cost uh, guess for how much the railway would cost. Can be built in an unrealistic period of time, and uh, yeah, the uh, it's a CDU thing, which means the CDU, uh, the the unreliable centre right party, um, yeah, uh, local government proposal to revive nineteen eighties M band described as energy hogging and vain fantasy project. This is this is a bit like, and also the fact that it's driverless is a big red flag. This is a bit like a uh, this is a bit like the Cambridge Shore Autonomous Metro. Um, type situation, vanity project by a right-wing politician pretending to be doing the right thing, but actually it's just being proposed to to, to delay, slow down any real investment. Uh, we talked about the M-band briefly in uh, my ancient video about gadget bands from a while back. So ancient it's still using um, cabin sketch as the uh, as the font. Yeah, um, so you can learn a little bit about the M-band from that, but the politics is more interesting than the technology, to be honest. The metro cars, they are knackered. Uh, Time with metro, wonderful metro cars. The performance uh, at the end of last year, down only about sixty percent of time when metro services arrived on time, which is the worst performance in the the system's history. This is shocking. They've acknowledged that it's bad, but it's just this is <laughs> the 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 um, the triple fives cannot come soon enough. They bless them. The metro cars are knackered. They are struggling to hold themselves together. Um, the 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 sooner they are crushed, crunched into tin cans, the better because they're. They're causing problems. They are beyond life, but also the money's not being spent to maintain them because they're they expect they're on like borrowed time. Really, the, the triple fives need to be entering service as quickly as possible. Um, I'm not sure what the delay on getting the triple fives actually into service is. They, 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 those vehicles are appearing in in Gosforth Depot, which has now been complete. Congratulations to my former colleagues who put a lot of work into getting Gosford Depot completed. Um, that's now done, so there'll be lots of triple fives arriving. But um, this is yeah. Um, this this performance is really bad, and it's it's reducing ridership, which is you know as you'd expect. Um, 
Uh, Michael C is saying similar thing down here with, the, with SWR's uh, 455s. I suppose they're waiting for the um, the the fancy new Electro Stars, right? Yeah. Um, TXM has fallen over. Yes, uh, rail plant giant TXM files administration notice. This is the biggest supplier of um, uh, road rail vehicles um, to to uh, to Network Rail. Obviously, it should just be part of Network Rail. There's no reason for this to be um, to be a you know just just have them all as network rail vehicles, uh, which might end up happening, just as it did previously. Because TXM used to be a thing called Hydrex, and um, Hydrex collapsed in on itself tactically just before uh, Christmas uh, construction period. So network rail ate it, basically bought it out, ran it as NDS plant, um, and then. Uh, that firm had a management buyout um, in uh, in 2016 and became TXM. Um, TXM has now filed a notice of intention to appoint an administrator. So what that means for the you know the supply chain for delivering stuff? Uh, goodness knows. Goodness knows. Oh yeah, they're right. You're right, Michael C. The the fact the 701 are at a vented service has not made my uh, my news roster. I don't put everything in because otherwise these things end up massive. But uh, sometimes I, I I pick the things that I think are pertinent. Yeah, the the Arterios, which is just a stupid name for the Aventures, which in fairness is a stupid name for the Electrostars, um, uh, are in service, and uh, they are way late, mostly because of tech issues, and it's really rather embarrassing. Um. Is it harder sourcing 1500V uh, equipment for Tyne and Weir? Not necessarily, um, Door Hanger 93. That's a Tyne and Weir Metro question. No, possibly it's difficult to find bits for the train, I suppose. But no, in terms of finding ki- ki- sourcing suppliers for, for stuff, no, it's okay. DC stuff is, is fiddly as hell. Um, straight current and all sorts of things are a big headache. But no, actually, um, uh, it's kind of, it's, it's okay. It's kind of okay. Um uh yeah so uh, yeah i was going to say it's standard across europe and, and the good thing about the tsis is that most stuff is, is sort of standardized across the across the board um yeah the company let's see latest accounts for txm show the company had a turnover of 40 million um uh generating a pre-tax loss of 2 million while employing about 300 staff um yeah so this is a bit of a problem and it's you know this is this is what happens when you as a railway are not delivering anything uh, pain. Talking of which, oh look, it's some brand new trains uh, dumped in a siding because uh, you guessed it. Um, Transpennine are retiring one of their fleets, and here it is, ironically enough, parked up next to a bunch of arterios. In fact, there's just enormous numbers of idling arterios here. They've been built, but they don't work. Uh, they haven't got the software working properly, which I think is why they're in a in a depth. Which is ironic because um, some of the original Electrostars did the same thing in the mid '90s. They just sat in a siding for um, ages and ages, months, in fact, because the tech uh, wouldn't work. When I talk about the problems that Derby has with building trains that, or rather, building trains that work, uh, this is not a new problem. Uh, what else? Anyway, so this is this is pretty uncomfortable. Here's um one uh, Z thirteen studios um, posting up uh, some some interesting pictures from Longsite uh, TMD. There's some interesting data that popped up. I don't, I don't particularly know why I p- pulled this one in. I just thought it was quite interesting. Um, I'm still waiting on the full travel to work data from the census, but this it's kind of this is related to it. It's about public transport accessibility, um, and how uh, how many people can access. Uh, you know what the what the width of you know, the, basically the size of the 90-minute travel-to-work area by public transport only is 
and you can sort of see some good you know this is sort of common stuff sort of the big urban areas you'd expect it doesn't really necessarily tell us anything in graphic mode on its own you know you've got the big these big sort of uh urban sprawl areas here and here these these as you'd expect these are the big cities so they have the large reach they have decent public transport um yeah it's uh it's that's kind of I think it's the data, the accessibility of the data. It's open data and open methods. So that's the interesting bit. You can access this data yourself and play with it. Um, so this is so big. Um, big shout out to to Doug Pauly, um, uh, one of my co-collaborators in the campaign for um, uh, level boarding, uh, who has been uh, pushing and championing. Uh, uh, and opposing the plans for a uh, putting in a footbridge um, instead of a level crossing, but but that footbridge being inaccessible, I'm just going to put this out there. I think I think other than in extreme exceptions, we should be putting in every single every single footbridge we 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 put in as new for level crossing, or in many cases far better underpasses, um, should be uh, accessible. Uh, part of the reason why we should be making them underpasses and we should be putting more underpasses in yes it costs a bit more but that's fine uh, yes it might involve you having to think about the engineering a little bit so it doesn't flood that's also fine it makes it accessible and the reason why an underpass is easier is because you don't have to go as deep you only have to go as deep as a person and a bit of structure whereas if you go up you have to go over existing or potentially future OLE so going down is a lot less uh egregious from an access perspective because you don't need you know 20 to 200 meters of ramp to get to it um so what's interesting is that um when they were challenged network rail were challenged on this it's a level crossing in Cottonthorpe, near very near me uh just south of york um in november late november network rail withdrew its plans to build a bridge it just gave up on the whole idea after uh, weeks after the end of an inquiry that had wasted um i think about uh you know, hundreds of thousands of pounds of public money, including £400,000 by Network Rail itself. It's a huge amount of money to just burn. That's, you know, multiple S&C units or however you want to measure it. Uh, the plans would have seen a dangerous level crossing replaced by a footbridge that could only be reached by steps rather than ramps. Not acceptable. Network Rail said at the time that it would now take the opportunity to evaluate solutions and look again at the benefits of all options. Marvellous. Um, actually, that's not what they were doing at all. The reason they withdrew the plan to build the bridge is because... Doug, uh, Doug Polly, uh, Polly, sorry, and um, lots of uh, lots of the campaigners who are supporting him. Um, uh, Doug specifically has obtained through a Freedom of Information Act obtained a Department for Transport memo. This isn't really Network Rail's fault; it's a DFT thing. Um, Network Rail was suggesting, uh, although you can understand where we're going with this, uh, Network Rail was concerned that the inquiry's report could create a damaging precedent that could halt its plans to build more inaccessible footbridges. Um, this memo was prepared for Hugh and uh, Mark, uh, in you know the uh, the Secretary of State uh, for Transport and the Rail Minister. This is basically um, this is Network Rail realizing that if there's a precedent set in this instance that a an accessible bridge was built, they might set a precedent that accessible bridges would have to be built elsewhere. To which my response would be yes, correct. This is correct. Yes, build the bridges or build the underpasses to be accessible. Um, it's interesting because this is happening. This, this, you know, this is uh, this is tra- related to Transpennine up route upgrade and is adjacent to work that I'm now working on. And and it's yeah, this is it's like wow, it cost us a lot more. And uh, yeah, 
it's not really that I'm saying Network Rail as an individual organisation should be stumping up extra money. It's that government should be spending more overall on public transport and on, on, on investing in our public realm such that accessibility is built in from the start, not by not it should be the, the rule, not the exception. So, yeah. Um, another fun piece of news that popped up in the BBC. Uh, some classic local news fair here. £78 million motorway scheme makes no difference. Um, this is this is fun. Uh, motorway upgrades are pointless. This is fun because a load of local residents have had their had a load of disruption and a huge amount of money spent on a on a on a junction with the with the with the M6, I believe. Um, and it has made they've said it's made no difference to congestion, to noise, to traffic, um, and it's just been a load of disruption for nothing. Uh, it's a good way to spend 80 million quid, folks. Nice work. I wonder how many inaccessible, or rather accessible, ro- railway crossings you could build for 78 million pounds. Um, 40, uh, probably, uh, around that number. And now in the last bit of news, before we ta- start talking about the Great Western, um, people use the train shocker. Hmm. Eurostar passenger numbers are back to pre-COVID levels. This surprises me, given how hopeless the service has been. So I'm quite impressed that uh, Eurostar have managed to to get those passenger numbers back. Fair play. It's impressive stuff. Um, I, 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 great success. They, they need to get rid of a lot of the security theatre to, to, to make it to make it all work that bit smoother. And they also need to get rid of a lot of shops to uh, in St Pancras so that you can actually... Um, yeah, get rid of a lot of shops in St Pancras so you can have more space to process um, people uh, so that they don't have to spend so long queuing uh, St P. St P is the major bottleneck on the whole system, by the way. Uh, also, they need to open all their intermediate stations back up again. So, oh, a sip of fluid because my throat's really dry after all that chatting. So, that's the last thing you needed to hear, wasn't it? That's right, I nearly pressed the swear button. I nearly pressed the swear button um, instead of pressing the temporary mute button, which... That, that sort of thing. Um. Uh, anyway, right, I digress. This is the ORR data portal, and there's loads of good stuff in here, and there's loads of stuff you can access and do stuff with. Um, uh, oh, people are asking if Eleanor made the news. I, I haven't made my mind up on Eleanor. Eleanor seems less. Is, Eleanor's just a muppet rather than a, 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 a crazy character like uh, like old uh, old Miles behind us here. Actually, Miles, you've fallen over. Show the people your face. Don't don't be shy. Um, yeah, I, I'm 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 not sure about Eleanor yet. Uh, yeah, uh, the St Pancras public piano has been cordoned off because shock horror. Someone was playing it and live streaming. Oh, crikey, bleep mute. Same effect. Hannah, you're you're right. Yes, um, could I have done a loud beep while I was drinking? I don't know if it had a similar. You know, I'm not sure. I don't think it has the same effect. It just deafens everyone. Uh, right, or our data portal. So you can go in here. In fact, I have a window so I can show you what it looks like. Here we go. There's loads of stuff in here. There's key statistics about the trade operating companies. Uh, there's statistics about usage. Um, stuff about passenger experience. Uh, rail cards. Oh, we're talking about rail cards. One of you who's emailed for the competition, by the way, your stuff about disabled person rail cards. Very interesting. Uh, it's yeah, again, I think it's a case of stripping service away from disabled people by the rail industry, and it's absolutely appalling. I think I might do an episode on it. Performance, uh, rail fares, health and safety. Um, Key things that are quite interesting in here, uh, further down, is stuff about infrastructure. So there's stuff about um, asset condition, for example, that can be that's, that's quite interesting. So you click in here, and you get some of the information. Actually, they've shifted some of this around. So station stewardship measure. I don't know what that is. Light maintenance depot stewardship measure. Uh, 
the, the, yeah, there, there was other... This basically there's better stuff in Network Rail's annual return, which I will dig into in a future episode. This is this is a far um, more interesting data set as well. But stuff that is interesting is um, the some of the infrastructure statistical uh, data of age of rolling stock by operator is fun. Infrastructure on the main line, um, stations on the main line, station rolling stock. So there's, there's some of this data. Rail emissions can be quite interesting. You know some of the data that's there. Um, uh, yeah, fine, good stuff. Um, Performance is good because performance allows us to see. Uh, yeah, there's this whole section for P coded cancellations, which is interesting. Um, yeah, passenger rail performance is interesting because you can start going into trains cancelled and why. And it's this data that we're going to be looking at here. We're going to start by looking some graphs. Um, oh, the ORR still haven't swapped the male monarch Tudor crown for the female monarch uh, St. Edward's crown in this, the ORR logo. You're right, they haven't swapped it out to the right round yet. Gareth, very well observed. Some graphs. What are we going to look at? We're going to look at some graphs. We're going to go through some graphs. Um, these graphs are full and maximised in screen because I thought it was a good idea at the time. Uh, hopefully it's still clear. Feel free to tell me uh, things. Uh, shout at me if it isn't. We're going to do some scribbling as well. So here's a graph. This graph, uh, d d forgive me for not having labelled the axes, this graph is delay minutes, uh, this axis is delay minutes, this axis is the percentage of those delay minutes that are attributable to track. And this uh, graph is the whole network, so all the delay minutes, and also this, so this thick line here is related to this, let's, let's clear the decks. The, the little bars here are the total delay minutes to give you a rough idea of you know when when delay minutes really bad. What's interesting the the big spike in delay minutes up to one point eight million delay minutes uh, per period. Uh, these are like uh, what are these? These are kind of month. They're four week periods. Network Rail four week periods. I think so. Twenty nineteen twenty period nine was a disaster. Uh, this is this is this is this one here. This is this is a real mess of a of a period. Eighteen million. Delay minutes, golly. I wonder what happened then. Hmm, I wonder what happened then. Um, so there's a spiky line. The black, the dark spiky line here is um, the infrastructure. It's specifically track defects, and then this do that does capture a, a variety of different things. <laughs> Sorry, that sniff that was horrible. Um, what's interesting is there's a big spike here, which is notable. But the the dotted line is the um, annual rolling average. So the reason why it starts a, a year into the data is because it's an annual rolling average. So you can see that it's a smoothed version of the line, that nice smooth line showing you that roughly across the whole network, um, around about 7 or 8% of total delay minutes are attributable to track. So there we go. That's the whole network picture. And this goes from uh, period 1, 2019-20. So that is... Uh, April 2019 uh, and it runs up until uh, period 10 in uh, it runs up until I'm going to work out why no, I am still running through to you sorry uh, YouTube being a bit weird tell me if I'm back will you I, I do apologise um, uh, yes uh, why, why, what's funny is that this is YouTube not because I have one gigabyte internet in this house like it's hilariously fast like I will never use this bandwidth and yet YouTube likes to um, throw a wobbly um, which is incredibly frustrating I'm so sorry uh, someone in the chat say that you can hear me and it's all smooth and running fine anyway um, so between 7 and 8% of the, of the total delays are attributable to track let's jump forwards to an operator 
let's let's have a look at LNER. So the re these come out. These are by operator, not by like root. So we're going to have to look at operators to see, and, and you'll see for a couple of the operators where there's there's, there's overlap for, for various reasons. So but we're going to start by looking at LNER. And as you might expect, um, uh, as you might expect, you'll get a spike on a day, or on a period rather, because of one or more failures in a period. So a period with a big spike is probably because there's been a, one or maybe a couple of big failures in that period that have caused all sorts of headaches. So... So, for example, you can see there's a big failure in um, period 9, 2019-20, which is, oh, I don't know, the, the early 2020, possibly? I'm not entirely sure. Um, big uh, big fallovers in uh, over a successive periods through um, the early... I should have converted these periods into actual dates, but uh, I, it's, uh, uh, it's fine. Um, I think you followed the point. We can go back a few months. Uh, so, so most recent this stops. Um, this stops uh, in twenty twenty three twenty four period ten, which is kind of quite recent actually, kind of now nowish. Um, you can see for LNER, I've kept the data in the background. The data in the background in grey is the the whole network. Uh, the thick lines at the bottom are the uh, the delay minutes for LNER as a percentage of the whole network. You can see quite small, but you'd expect that because LNER don't actually run that many trains. Um, the uh, the the thin lines in the back, the thin lines is, is our all network data. So if I skip back, you can see it's kind of the all network data minus LNER now, by the way. And the thick line in red, LNER color, is the uh, track defects for LNER. And you can see that um, the two dotted lines, I suppose, are probably the most relevant one because where the, the dotted line is above the thin dot, the, the red dotted line is above the thin gray dotted line, uh, LNER have more track defects than the, uh, the rest of the network. And uh and uh or minutes resulting and then uh it's the other way around for um uh, if you've got a reduction in those it, this is the annual rolling average of course so there's a slight like a slight offset but you can see basically that uh, if you look at the just the spiky lines you can see that lnr is a bit of a mixed bag it's sort of a, a big lump of worse than the rest of the network and then more recently, it's got better. So a bit of a mixed picture with a few dramatic and enormous spikes um, here <clears throat> through 2020, uh, through kind of the 20, yeah, that'd be through 2020, 2021. Okay, that's LNER. How about uh, Avanti? Uh, Avanti's picture is, well, they have lots of spikes kind of more regularly, in fact, but... Uh, yeah, and, and actually, generally, they have more defects than average, or more delay minutes as a result of track defects than average. Um, but nothing, kind of no obvious and dramatic spikes uh, on this. B-crossing is right to say you'd expect long-distance services to have more track delays. Um, so here's EMR, which has a bit more of a mix of service, although it's mostly long-distance. It does have more um, local services as well. Uh, and you can see that they have an enormous number of uh, delay minutes as a result of track defects through the, the kind of the the overall uh, kind of there's the COVID period really starting and kicking off. I've got kind kind of um sorry I, I'm I've got clearly picked up something from my daughter. I'm starting to get uh, ill, <laughs> which is good. It's a good job I'm not about to record another podcast with some friends. Um. Also, what's interesting is this big spike here now. This is fun because if we jump to the next um, uh, operator, 
you'll see they have the same spike. Uh, what is that operator? A GTR. Um, and so you can see they're probably, it's somewhere south of Bedford, uh, probably even closer into London, and they're suffering from the same problem, which is quite interesting. I think that's quite an interesting um, consequence of, of the failure. GTR here, um, generally pretty similar to the national average, other than at this point where it had this gigantic spike. But otherwise, kind of generally... Uh, you know, it's, it's got a bit worse more recently, but it's nothing, you know, not, not dramatically different to the to the rest of the UK. Now, last on our list, this is the whole of Great Western, so that includes all the little local lines. The kind of question here is, has GWR seen a dramatic, uh, a dramatically larger number of track defects than, than the rest of the network? And I have to say, looking at this, um, yes, there has been a surge in those defects uh a defect delay minutes more recently. By and large, you have to say that GWR has done very well for itself. It's actually generally had quite low track defects as a, as a percentage, and it's only really started climbing through COVID. Part of the reason why to put these up is to see when did when did network rail modernization kind of start? It was like you know, uh, it's maybe two years ago. So it's kind of about 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 the halfway mark, kind of in the in the line. So if we go back, you know, so if we this and go from about here onwards is, is network rail modernization uh let's clear this and say from about here onwards so about here about here about here about here uh, about here what i kind of want to see is if there's an obvious difference in the number of track defects from this point onwards and it kind of looks like yes is the answer to this um so if we go to gwr it has got worse. It has steadily got worse over time. The track defects there has there has been a general worsening to the point where it got it got there's a slight improvement for a period and then it's got dramatically bad at the end of the year. Um, you know, as 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 lots of people are complaining. So this is, but then you compare back to LNER where LNER had this this extreme series of, of kind of uh, failures from and 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 those yeah, but um. There's generally been a. I'd say that if you look at the point, there's generally been a worsening on every single. You know, that's, you know, it's it's less pronounced on the whole network. There's generally been a worsening in the number of track defects about, followed by an imp a kind of an improvement again. So, the picture's less. It's less clear. So, if we then this horrible messy graph, I know it's a real mess. GWR doesn't stand out as being a particular problem. The, the the thin dashed line here is um uh the the the, the dashed line here is the is the whole of uh, you know the whole the whole uh the whole network is it the case that GWR dramatically above that and have been for a long an obvious pronounced worsening I don't know if it is actually so I'm going to be very interested to have a look at the um this is only one very narrow window into it. But from this broad look at, at GWR delay minutes, it's not obvious there's a dramatic difference um, with, with GWR. I, um, I I look forward to the investigation undertaken by ORRs coming up with, you know, and, and, and coming up with answers on this one. But it's, yeah, I'm not sure is the answer on this one. There's not an obvious, clear trend in GWR as opposed to there being, you know, trends in some of the other operators. You know, the, a trend certainly is there. What's quite pronounced is that GWR... Of the operators that I picked, which is kind of similar long-distance operators uh, other than GTR, um, GWR 
has had the, the biggest worsening over the, 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 the time period. This is as far back as the data goes for this uh, data set, unfortunately, which is annoying, so I'd, I'd love for this to be available further back. Um, GWR has certainly had the, the biggest worsening, but it started in a really good place. Its track defect, its delay minutes from track defects were much lower than um, for the rest of the network. I wonder if that's because there'd been lots of track renewals as part of a Great Western uh, electrification. I'm not sure of the clear answer to that. Um, Pete uh, is going to say something very useful. I am absolutely positive. Um, Pete Johnson is saying, hi Pete, by the way, uh, need to take care we're looking at proportion of total minutes down to one cause because it's affected by all the other causes going on. Plus, doesn't allow for congestion impacts. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's a it's a, a a good point. Um, it does not allow for congestion impacts. It's it's it, this is a broad brush, but it it was the easiest open accessible and and it, it's the same data set that was sent to um to our chum who did the FOI request at the start. This is not new data. This is basically that was basically just straight from the RR data portal. So this is the best data we currently have to assess the, assess the problem. I look forward to the more detailed stuff that we don't see that's network rail side. And I wish the network rail side stuff was actually publicly accessible or more easily publicly accessible. So that's that. Um, did, what have we learned from this? Well, nothing uh, because we have to talk about who's won the competition what are the 10 people who have, have won something leading up to the uh, the ready reckoner which is i think is the grand prize good this is the good stuff um i'm, I'm excited about this one um so uh there we go uh, let me just message the chums um uh, just wrapping uh, I'm live messaging the chums who I'm about to be on a podcast. It's all your favorite chums, by the way. Spoiler alert. Um, so let's let's do this. Let's go big face for stars. I'm, I'm excited about this. I, I haven't got any women. I, I should have um, I should have lined up some. Uh, let's let's go big face, and I'm going to line up some drops here. Let's line up some drops. <laughs> uh, so. Uh, <laughs> Uh, what do I want to say? I want to say, wait for it. This is this is a warning to audio-only people that a potential loud drop is about to go. There we go. I'm going to play that every time we're picking someone out of the hat. So let's do this. Let's um, <laughs> it's competition winner time. If you remember, the competition was for people to send in their favourite moments from um. Hannah, there will be another competition soon. Don't worry. For those who forgot to enter, don't worry. It's not the end of the world. So I'm gonna. This, 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 this. Can you hear this? I'm gonna. It's a hat. It's a rail natter hat. Look, because it's got the rail natter. It's City APT. You can buy this online. GarethDennis.uk slash merch. You can hear all the names in there. But who's gonna win? Well, first of all, we need to have a thing that people are gonna win. So I'm gonna reach into my sack. Let's just. Can I? Uh... Am I going to detach this thing and try? I'm going to do it. There we go. So here's his uh, gas hand cam, desk cam. Here we go. So going into the sack, what am I going to get? I'm going to also, oh, 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 there we go. Uh, so you can hear me. So we're going in. In here is, oh, this is horrifying. This looks like a, this looks like, let's just go big face because that looks a bit like a, a, an endoscope. So. First thing that's going on to the list, the competition list, is uh, edition nine of the Track Fastening Systems book. Uh, they are edition nine of the Track Fastening Systems book. Ooh, 
Um, who's going to win this? <laughs> Who is going to who's going to win this? Let's let's see. So I'm I'm rooting it around, and we have. The, oh, there's, there's two. Wait a minute. There's, there's two stuck to each other. We'll shove that in and wiggle it around in a second because these post-it notes. Ah, Ryan Watson, uh, episode 162. Hashtag not a metro. Episode 162. There you go. There you have. Uh, you have won. Wait a minute. Where's my, where's my thing? There we go. You've won. Well done. So that's number one. Uh, the reason I've done it with post-it notes is I can, I can stick them to the thing, see? So they are stuck to the thing, so I know what's going where. Um, let's, uh, let's, let's, uh, what's the next prize on offer? This, this, I've never done this before. I've no idea what I'm doing. Uh, you know what? The next prize on offer, I'm going to dig it. I'm going to make this something fun. Um, it's going to be this fresh with labels still attached, rather fancy-looking Siemens. I wouldn't even describe it as a tote bag. It's like a... It's a proper nice bag. It's got like a little, little sort of zippy thing, and it's very nice. Thanks, Siemens, for giving me this when I've been to one of your events. But I'm gonna give it away to someone. I'm gonna post it to them. Who's gonna have won this? So let's let's have a route through. Um, there we go. There we go. I'm not sorry. I'm not. I'm not looking. I, I, I'm not actually looking at the thing. I was more just looking to make sure that I didn't stick multiple ones together. Who's won this time? Tim Hopker Blunt, episode one forty four. Um, abolish the treasury. Look at that. There we go. Um, Tim Hopkeblunt uh, winning the the Siemens bag. There we go. Um, who a big fan of the, the all of the abolish the treasury emerging kind of episodes, but particular fan of 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 that that episode. So, oh, here we go. Let's, let's go through. Let's see what else we've got in here. Let's see if we can find something little, like little but interesting. I've got some pin badges somewhere in here. What, what, what are we doing? Let's have a little scratch around. Uh, oh, what's this? What's this thing? Oh, okay. This is interesting. So we have a um, Borders Rail series of, uh, of, of cards, nice cards um, advertising the Borders Railway. Some of them are pictures, paintings, some of them are photographs. It's quite a nice little pack, that. Some, some nice gift cards that you, or some nice cards you can send people. There are uh, six in there, I think. Maybe more. I think that's quite nice. Um, who's going to win this? It's, I think it's quite a nice gift. How many have we done? We've done uh, two so far. This is number three. Let's just uh, have a little wrinkle around. Have a little wrinkle around. Um, and here it is. It's it's rigor on YouTube. Episode one hundred and sixty three. Forget beaching. There we go. So there's a there's um. It's yours. Sticking the thing to the thing. Right, okay, I'm going to go even smaller. What's the smallest little thing, little tidbit that I can source in here? Oh, well, I couldn't find anything small, but what I could find is an Aquarius coffee mug with a handle fitting. So that, that's what we're going to do. Uh, Let's go again. So, who's who can we find here? Let's dig this out. I don't know what how, whether this is good podcast content, but uh, here we. Oh my goodness! <laughs> this is the point where um, you all start doing your like. Into, we've created a new bartering system where all of you who've won these things can barter to pick the one that you actually want. Um, because the winner of the Aquarius Cup 
uh, this is fun now because Aquarius, do they still exist? They're being de- they're being absorbed into another company. So I think the name is going to exist for a decreasing amount of time. So this is this is historic. Um, it's Gareth W. Gareth W. Uh, whose favourite uh, moment was uh, the live episode, and indeed recording the live episode in episode uh, ninety nine. So, um, big congratulations. Right, we're going we're to get it moving up now. So what is that? That's, that's one, two, three, four. Thing five, code of procedure for chemical weed killing. It's a BR document, Civil Engineering Handbook number 37. This is some of the good stuff. Um, episode, uh, episode what? No, December 1978. So there's, there's some fun stuff in there, including a, an approved list of weed killers, which presumably are all highly toxic and could be used to murder people. Let's dig through here. What are we doing? You can hear can hear me digging through right so if i go in here this is joseph dean episode 116 uh the new north south wales uh, mainline it's got your name on it um there we go this is, this is, i'm enjoying myself anyway how many is that the trouble is i can't remember how many you've done someone keep count well how many have we done now um Here is a rather snazzy-looking... They don't have the budget to buy these anymore, bloody hell. A rather snazzy-looking Transport for the North um, notebook. Uh, untouched. Very, very fetching-looking thing made of recycled material by the look of it. The Transport for the North logo on it. Um, with someone's name on it, and maybe even someone's name in it, because if you want me to, I can scribble a message in the front. Um, who's going to win this one? Who's it going to be? Who's it going to be? It is da, 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 da. Oh, Mike W, uh, episode 11, way back to episode 11, uh, signaling with Mel Osborne, Melanie Osborne. There we go. That's a, that's a, that's a, that's a hit the button. That's quite good, isn't it? Um, Oh, this is fun. So I think these are uh, I think these are pretty exclusive. The next thing that's going to be on the list is this. What is this little little bag with a zoomer written on it? So in a way, you're getting two prizes here. What is the thing? What is the actual thing that you get? You will get an Azuma keychain, uh, which is very nice. Uh, I use this as my not this specific one. I had another one. I used as my car key uh, chain for a while, and it was incredibly aggravating and painful when it hit me. So this, who's going to win this nice thing? What number are we on, by the way? Was that five? Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six. So this is seven. This is thing seven. We've got a reduced number of things in here, but not that many. So who's it, who's it going to be? Number seven. Make sure I've only got one. Andrew W. Um, advice on getting into the rail industry. Uh, many episodes, but an episode that there's a variety of episodes around the 150 mark that, that particularly that we talked about getting into the industry. So an A specific favorite moment, but basically all, all moments where Andrew particularly enjoys, Andrew W particularly enjoys all moments where we've talked about how to get your know, advice on how to get into the rail industry. So Andrew, congratulations. <laughs> Uh, 
There's going to be a good one coming up now because oh, it's another transport for the north one. This is a, this is a little. I said this is going to be random. Um, this is just a little keyring that says on it. Uh, it says on it. Focus, focus, focus. Is it ever going to focus? Northern. It says. There we are. It says northern budget on it, and there's a picture of the TFN uh, area. So it's two TFN uh, features in here. Um, northern budget. So, who's going to win this little, uh, little, little badge, little pin badge? Um, I'm going in, and we've got Jet Fellows. Jet Fellows. Uh, Jet Fellows. Um, whose uh, favourite moment was the was episode 192, going through the Salisbury um, rail crash uh, crash report. So this is the second last thing now, I think, isn't it, that we're going to give away. Um, so let's find out where it's going to be. Oof. Oh, there's some, there is some good stuff in here, I tell you. Right, what are we going to pick out? Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> there's a few things here for the next competition, because there's definitely some fun that we're going to have, um, picking through the various bits and pieces. But no, we're going to pick out this. So... This is a actually quite just quite a nice overall gift that, that someone's winning with this one because this is uh, well, allegedly twenty six pounds ninety five worth of book that I've bought and presumably expensed to myself at some point. Um, there's also some obligatory fluff attached to it, which is good. So some so the person who gets this might think that they're winning because this is a twenty twenty two, which is only what two years ago. So this is um, who's going to get this one. Oh, let's have a dig around. Let's have a dig around. Oh, right. Who's this? Ooh. So, the winner of the, the second up prize is Julian Roberts, whose favourite moment was the rage turn through the, the, the plan for drivers in episode 196. Oh, my... Oh, my goodness. Um, let's let... Julian, congratulations. Right, I've dragged this on for 10 minutes and there's a team waiting for me uh, down the line. So, oh, I don't want to pick that out quite yet. The last, the last gift is, of course, the British Rail uh, Ideal Decimal Coinage Reckoner, which is just a beautiful object. I think it's honestly just an absolutely beautiful, completely pointless in the modern era object. Um, incredibly beautiful. Who's going to win this? Who is going to win this? Oh, you know what? I should I should play the countdown theme tune, but I'll get a strike, so I'm not going to. Uh, let's go with. Oh, you know what? I can because have I got it here? The thing is, I don't think I've. Oh, I do. Look. Who's going to win it? There we go. There we go. Okay. I'm gonna. I, I, I'm still rooting my hand around. Um, uh, ra rooting my hand around, rooting around who's going to win the grand prize. I'm going to put this down here. The hat has been put to one side. I've opened this up. And the winner of the Ready Reckoner, the beautiful Ready Reckoner, is Knucker, whose favourite moment was um, the end of episode 190, where we proposed the structure of the railways, because it was an optimistic episode. It was a happy, happy episode. 
there we go, Knucker, episode 190. Um, your name is stuck to this. Look at that. Isn't it marvellous? Um, well, I had fun on doing that. I don't know. There's still a few. To those of you who, who uh, have commiserations to those of you who didn't win anything, thank you so much for sending in your suggestions. They're wonderful. Those of you who um, are there, um, I have... Uh, oh, wait a minute. I didn't do a... I didn't do a award show celebration for the price is fine um to those of you who uh let me go get rid of my face uh yes i'll be in touch for addresses uh, and if you want me to scribble on anything or i'll just I'll, I'll be writing you all a little note anyway i'm sure but um uh it's, it's, it's hopefully uh that was fun thanks for all of you who came involved i enjoyed the competition there um right and we should draw this to a close um this is available in podcast uh, podcast land via all channels that you can usually listen to uh, podcasts in. So thank you so much, and um, uh, do drop a, a drop a little note saying uh, I enjoyed this or I didn't enjoy this. Uh, moan about it. That's that's all good too. Um, the usual plugs: patreoncom slash Dennis, uh, slash merch and paypal.me slash Dennis, as well as the Discord server garethennis.co.uk slash Discord. It's all the good stuff. Um, uh, as I said, the, the discussions of how, who's negotiating with who about getting hold of various things um, uh, can start. Please let me know if they if they if they do end up exchanging hands because people start bargaining with each other. Uh, that's fine. Uh, Gareth and uh, Nucker are already negotiating over uh, reallocating the, the prize, the winning prize. So uh, good stuff. Um, next week, episode one hundred and two, uh, two hundred and three. Could have to say two hundred before episodes now i'm not used to that the long history of the transpennine route upgrade um uh, a snappy one this I, i'm not going to dig deep 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 into the into the archives over this i'm going to pick up the information that i have uh, and can tell you about the it, and we can get angry about the overall policy and why decisions were made the way they were there's some fun stuff to, to talk about that is next week um I'm going to go back, big face. Everyone, uh, that was chaos. Thanks so much for joining. I'm going to leave you all in peace and quiet um, uh, and uh, jump over to a team who are currently waiting for me on Zencaster. I'm going to wave vigorously. Everyone, I've had so much fun. Uh, the prizes will be with you soon, I'm sure. I shall go to the post office and deliver them. Take good care of yourselves, and I will see you all next week. Cheerio! Cheerio!